0: Do you stay hooked on Instagram, finding new content every day? Thanks to the influencers and the bloggers who put up content that is unique, engaging, trendy, and relatable. Being a beauty influencer is not just about looking stylish every time, but also about having excellent product and industry knowledge and staying updated with the launches, beauty hacks and latest trends. Making a stylish move with this charisma and setting trends. We have our first guest, Surya Batra. A proud LGBTQIA member, an amazing makeup and fashion icon with us today. Making society a better and more open place to live in, he accepts his pronouns as him, he. Let's welcome Sauria. Hi, Sharia, Welcome to the pod piper. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good too. So Surya, I think, uh, to start off, you know, uh, we've been through your Instagram profile and we got to know that you address yourself as a queer. We would want mm-hmm. to know who is or what do you, what is your vision or what is your image of a queer? Um, I
1: feel, uh, so the technical definition of a queer person is anyone who doesn't belong to the um, cisgendered community or the heterosexual community and or, okay. So anybody, you know, we have gay, we have lesbian, we have transgender, intersexual, a lot of like the spectrum is huge, right? So collectively, all of them can be referred to as queer to not complicate things, Uh, but also queer uh, generated as a slur, Uh, being used against uh, the people of the community so it used to be a slur back in the day in the early 1920s and now people have started owning it and we have started using queer as a representation it's basically as a fu to the society that uh, you know how people abuse you so you take that abuse and you own it it's that kind of a vibe. So queer, I represent uh, myself as queer because uh, I just don't feel like I'm just gay. I am much more than that. And uh, gender and sexual orientations are ever changing. It, evol- it has an evolving, evolving nature. Um, you know, recently I realized that I am also a little bit of a demisexual and I grew up thinking that I was gay. So, you know, sexual orientations are uh, ever changing. So that's why I don't want to label myself just gay. I label myself as queer to stay in the spectrum so i always have scope uh, of exploration yeah
0: so you mean to say it's it's more diversified it's not just restriction to one particular term but a combination of three yeah. to four terms
1: yeah anyone who is not uh, cis or heterosexual can be queer okay but uh, since it was a slur back in the day Some people might get offended uh, if you call them queer. So it's uh, suggested to always ask someone if they would like to be uh, uh, called queer or not.
0: Yeah. So, you know, uh, back in the day when you told me that you, uh, earlier you used to feel that you were a gay, was it a difficult time Mm -hmm. for you to grow up or you were absolutely okay with the fact that?
1: No, no, I was definitely not okay with the fact that I was gay. It was a difficult time growing up um, because I come from a very small town, you know, because it is a very, very small town Uh, and it is not at all a progressive place where I come from. So yeah, growing up, I did not see, and and I also grew up in a boys' school uh, being a gay kid. So from nursery to 10th, I was in a boys' school. So uh, growing up, I feel uh, like I was always very feminine. I used to like cross-dress a lot in my mom's clothing. I used to wear like crop tops and I used to dance, you know, like. Like females, non-Bollywood numbers and stuff. So at the time, I was very, very young. So I was definitely different. But to me, I was an innocent child. So to me, I was just being who I am and uh, exploring my interests. And so in my uh, vision, nothing was wrong with me. But, uh, you know, slowly as I grew up and transitioned into my um, um, early teens, like when I was just turning 12, 13, um, I started realizing that, you know, I have to leave these kind of uh, feminine um, habits behind because I started noticing growing up in a boys' school that uh, as a boy, according to the society, I'm not supposed to be dancing on uh, songs that girls are supposed to dance on. I'm not supposed to be wearing my mom's saris and dupattas as dresses. I'm actually supposed to be into sports. I'm supposed to be into, you know, gaming and stuff like that. And so because that is, what I uh, perceived or perceived of the society growing up, I quickly transitioned uh, from my uh, feminine side and started exploring more masculine sides of myself. That was me trying to force myself to like think that I never really liked, which is sports. Uh, and I used to try playing a lot of sports, but I was never good at it. And so growing up, it was always a struggle fitting in uh, because I was different. And because I was in a small town, I could not see anybody in my school or anybody in my social life who was also gay. So I always felt like I'm the only one and uh, yeah i uh, my i actually realized that i'm gay fully uh, sexually uh, at the age of 12 because i had a best friend and um, somehow things happened and we were in love and we used to like cuddle and um, you know make out and stuff so it was like a proper relationship but very early on in my life i was an 8th standard And it ended pretty badly because we were kids and we did not know what we were doing. But that was a validation for me that, yeah, I am into men. Uh, So that's when I fully realized I'm into men. But after it is when my transition to, you know, become more manly, to try to fit in, started. So I started dating girls and I dated a lot of girls because... uh,
0: But you didn't want to, like, you were forcefully doing it.
1: Not forcefully per se, but uh, yeah, kind of like indirectly the society was forcing me to be that way but it was my personal choice to be that way because I did not want to not fit in I wanted to you know because I was actually a very popular kid because my mom uh, she's a makeup artist and she's a very renowned makeup artist in this small town so everyone knows me and I was a very uh, fashiony kind of kid growing up because I was into fashion and things like that a lot growing up so I would always you know my uniforms would also be very low-waisted fitted shirt and stuff so and my hair would be like Goku style spiky hair. So you were the, sta- the star kid back,
0: back in school and college.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so all I needed to do is just tap into that side because it became very easy for me to fit in when I just pretended to be straight uh, because I was already popular, good looking kid. Right. Um, so I did, started dating very popular girls and used that to my advantage to basically not get bullied. But yeah, I had my fair share of getting bullied as well. Um, yeah. So throughout my uh, teenage and my adult life, uh, to conclude, I would say, yeah, it was difficult for me growing up, uh, being a gay kid.
0: So, were you bullied because uh, you were a gay or you were bullied just because senior that's like the usual course of time when seniors try to bully their juniors? Mm,
1: no, I wouldn't call it a usual course of time. I would call it uh, I, because, see, nobody knew that I was gay because right. I had obviously never I did not tell anyone. I was even running away from my own self when it came to admitting that I was gay. So even I wouldn't admit it to myself, let alone anyone else admitting it to me. But yeah, because we were kids, you know, I was always a little bit more feminine. So people used to bully me for uh, being feminine. They used to call me a girl and whatnot. Uh, So yeah, that is the kind of bullying that I have faced. And the bullying that I have faced actually has led me to... One, like I still remember I was in 10th standard and I was just so done with being called a girl because it was when you're in a boy's school and you're constantly being called a girl, it's really hard to fit in because nobody wants to talk to you because, you know, if a guy is, you know, if somebody is even sitting next to you, they'll all start calling them also a girl, right? So this is the natural course of bullying, especially in small towns and boys schools. It's really like, it's in high degree. So I was pushed to a point at one point where I did not have any other option but to, you know, stand up on the teacher's desk, open my pants, uh, my balls hanging wide open in front of everyone just to prove that I'm not a girl, I'm a guy. And yeah, so I've been pushed to that level as well. So yeah, I face my fair share of bullying uh, because it is what it is, you know, different kids, they get bullied everywhere. It's not just in this small town, in this country, it's everywhere.
0: I think it's even there in the topmost to B schools that India has, so that's and that's not a problem. But definitely, uh, being bullied a different way, I think that's a little challenging because not all of us yeah. get bullied that way. Because you know, naturally, what happens with you and happens with someone else is different. So you yeah. know what what is different? Say, how are you dealing with things right now because you've accepted the fact, and how were things earlier? Like, what are the differences that? you've been dealing with in mm-hmm. this time
1: uh, the differences between my teen uh, teenage life when I was in the closet versus my life right now as an adult when I'm out of the closet is that I am more free you know I'm definitely more free I am being like I am fully accepted by my family, my uh, friends all my relatives all my best friends in the world um they fully accept me so I am definitely validated now and I don't need anyone else's validation so long as I have my mom's and when my mom accepted me it was like a groundbreaking thing for me because that's all that I craved growing up because uh, at the age of 18 I told myself 10 days before my 18th birthday that I'm you know becoming an adult now and I don't want to like run away from my own self and that's when I accepted my own self and that's where my journey really began because your journey begins when you accept your own self, because Absolutely. that's when you start thinking about how to get accepted by the society and by your family and friends. So I was accepted. Uh, I actually got uh, accepted by my mom just last year uh, in 2020. COVID, I think, uh, kind of uh, brought things to a point where my mom felt like there might be a time where I might she might not be able to express how sorry she was that she couldn't accept me and she decided to make things right. And so last year I got accepted by my family. Before that, past five to six years, I had been accepted by my uh, friends and I was living away from home in Bombay. So I had a great life there. But yeah, it was always a thing that I wanted to get accepted by my family and now it's there. So the difference is that, yeah, now I'm more free and now uh, the one thing is that uh, coming out is out of the way now. So I can really focus on my talents, my skills and explore who I am. Something that I should have been doing at the age of 16, 17. Uh, I'm doing at the age of 23, 24, which is totally fine. Everyone has their own pace. But yeah, uh, now just coming out is just, you know, lifted this burden from my shoulders. And now I can just be uh, a human being. I can just be who I am and I can just start like finding who I am as a person. So yeah. That's the difference now. I'm, I, I am a fully rounded person now. Back in the day, I did not know what I was doing. I would just, you know, sail the boat wherever the waves take me. So, yeah. I think it's high
0: time. Not only yeah. for you, but I think <laughs> I mean, everyone I'm, around you and every single human being in this entire world to accept people the way they are and not yeah. try and make changes. Because it damages
1: lives, you know. Like, Absolutely. I am telling you my personal experience. I feel like I should be, the talents and uh, skills I'm exploring right now, I should have been exploring this at the age of 16, 17, max 18. And that's what I want for the future generation. That you know things should be normalized to a point that they can explore these things at an early age, so they can you know hone into their talent and capitalize on it at a very young age and be successful in their life because that's very important. And until and unless you're not accepted by the society, you're all only going to be caught up in your sexuality, your personal life being a wreck, and you'll never be able to you know succeed successfully until unless you are um, out of the closet. So
0: yeah. You know, talking to you, I just remember a quote. So I would want to you know have your opinion on that particular quote.
1: Either Uh you should Mm.
0: do whatever you love or you should love whatever you do.
1: Okay. Um, I guess both things are right. You should love what you are doing and what was the other sentence?
0: But say if you have to choose one, you should love Uh what you do and you should do what you love.
1: You should love what you do or you should do what you love. I believe in both of the things, but if I have to choose one, I would say uh, you should uh, do what you love. Okay. Yeah. Why? Like,
0: how do you, Um. go
1: ahead.
0: Go I mean, ahead.
1: if you do what you love, if you do what you love, ultimately you're going to love what you do. That's right. what, that's what it is. Like I'm telling you with personal experience, when I started doing makeup on Instagram and I became a huge success with it. Like I, I started off, posting my makeup reels and i had 1200 followers today i'm touching 7500 i was featured on humans of bombay jacqueline fernandez shared my reel uh, kusha kapila commented on my reel all of it happened uh, and it's it happened because i chose to do what i love and it ended up being come you know turning into something beautiful something miraculous and uh, i now love what i do so just follow what your heart says and just do what you love and ultimately you're gonna love what you do at the end of the day so it's both, both of the things are kind of the same for me, honestly.
0: Okay, so I think, you know, the content uh, that you make on Instagram, I have mm-hmm. never seen mm-hmm. that kind of content and I think you are okay. genuinely breaking stereotypes. Uh, congratulations mm-hmm. on that, firstly. Secondly, you Thank know, you. how Thank would you. you want someone, say, for example, who's at the age of 13 or 12 and is going through the same situation as you have been through, mm-hmm. what would your advice be to that small child or kid who's just realized that he's not you know, normal or he's belonging to the he's not existing, right? he's belonging okay. to the community so, mm-hmm. just
1: uh, my advice to them would just be uh, to not be very fearful because that time at the age of 12-13 when you start to realize you, it builds up an anxiety in you honestly, that anxiety is something that turns into a mental problem by the time you enter uh, your adulthood and that's something that happened with me so don't be so frightened of it. And I feel like the kids today are lucky enough that there is representation in the media now, uh, in the form of at least reels and you know uh, whatever we see on social media. At least we have representation now. So now I know you know like a lot of creators who are just 12, 13, 14 year old, uh, you know kids who are very sure of themselves and they have pronouns they, them, you know, and they are very rigid about that. So I'm happy that they get to you know grow up in a world where there is representation. So it's easier for them it, it's not that frightening for them. For me, it was very frightening. So my, uh, uh, advice to them would be, I know what you're going through is very, very scary, but don't let the fear get to you because once you let that fear set in, that fear is going to take a lot of time to leave even after you come out. So just don't let the fear get to you and yeah, just take over the fear. Don't let it take over you. That would be my advice. <clears throat>
0: So you know you are in the beauty industry, and uh, generally the kind of uh, deals that you have, I I just like I told you, I've never seen uh, men at least do that kind of makeup and something of that Mm -hmm. sort. So is there any difficulty Mm -hmm. are you facing, or you know do you have an upper hand over the other people in the beauty industry, or it's just the same?
1: I don't think I have any sort of upper hand. Um, I just, I'm doing what I love and I'm just doing, see, I don't think I'm the best makeup artist in the world. I'm still learning. Uh, I'm been learning. I started doing makeup properly on a weekly, daily basis from last July. So it's only been like almost 11, 11 months now. So makeup takes a lot of years to perfect. And I definitely don't think I'm the best out there. I can, in fact, name you creators whose makeup is better than me. It's the essence that I bring to my uh, content. It's not per se always about just the makeup. It's about what I do comes off as authentic to people, and that is something that I really love about myself. This is the one uh, compliment I've gotten from almost everyone who appreciates my content: is it, it's authentic, and that's what I try to bring. Uh, you know, I wake up with an idea one day. It could be a makeup look, uh, or it could be a transition. Whatever that idea is, I take it and I run with it. I don't let it slide. I don't let it, you know, take. I don't uh, push it to the next day I don't procrastinate on it I just take it and I run with it I make some content whether it's as up to the power to my last reel or not I upload it because I find authenticity in it and I feel like it's good enough so at the end of the day if I feel it's good enough it's great even if it just sticks to 2k views you know because usually I do get more than 10k views so the amount of views they don't bother me and uh, I feel like I don't have any sort of upper hand. I'm just doing my own thing. And if that gives me an upper hand of any sort, I'm grateful for it, but I'm not trying to have any sort of upper hand or anything of that sort. I'm just being who I am and doing what I love doing.
0: Uh, Where do you derive this inspiration from? Like, is there someone you follow or someone you idolize while doing all of this or is just something that you know you would want to do as your own thing? I idolize my mom.
1: She's a makeup artist, as I've already mentioned. Um, she is just amazing. And I don't get a lot of my makeup inspiration from her regularly, but uh, I get uh, the inspiration to continue doing makeup from her. And the inspirations I get from my looks is usually, I see so many amazing creators online who are creating such amazing looks. I follow a lot of people. I just, you know, randomly when I go through deals, I see somebody's look. I am not afraid to recreate them, the look and give them credits. I don't think about always being just original. I love creating other people's looks. So Instagram is where I usually drive all my inspiration from and there are days when I just you know wake up um and if I see a fashion piece in my wardrobe I look at it and I feel like I want to wear that in the reel and then I do a makeup around it makeup look around it so I take inspiration from clothing I take inspiration from other creators and sometimes like if I'm you know sitting outside and if the sky is really beautiful I feel like doing a cloud makeup look so anything around me could be an inspiration for me so that's where I just derive inspiration in general. Uh, I'm usually open to a lot of, uh, I'm open to deriving inspiration from anything around me. And I think that's very important as an artist. You need to be open to deriving inspiration from any, anything and everything around you. That's what pushes you as an artist. So
0: The next five years or say in the next three years, what are the three major goals that you would want to accomplish and how do you plan to do it?
1: Um, the three major goals I want to accomplish is that I want to uh, cross 50,000 followers, that's just something I want. And a lot of people, when I tell them that you know I want to cross this amount of followers, they feel like, Oh, they tell me you're gonna cross 100k, 200k, 300k, but I don't have uh, a goal like that, so
0: I don't think I have (laughs) a lot of people tend to think that,
1: uh, (laughs) mm -hmm. yeah, 50k is a very small goal that I have. Uh, definitely if it goes more than that, I'd be be much more happier because ultimately I want to use my platform to make change. There have been a lot of people that I have uh, helped with my content. I have in my hometown, you know, being gay is not a thing. I'm the first openly gay person making content and showcasing my, uh, you know, Yes. Uh, amazing gayness on Instagram and people are getting inspired. A lot of kids have come out to me in my hometown and they, I have helped them come out to their parents and they have been successfully accepted by their parents that I usually tend to get a lot of messages uh, from random people on Instagram saying that I'm bisexual and your content and the way you speak about, you know, sexuality and the LGBTQI community and how normal you make it sound made us come out to my friends. And, you know, so doing that, I I want my platform to grow as big as possible so I can continue making this change. As I said, my ultimate goal is to not become successful as a creator. It is to use my platform to help kids out there, help the upcoming generation uh, live up, live in a normalized world where they can be gay and not be judged for it. They can explore makeup and, you know, uh, talents which are society, you know, basically stigmatized for a particular gender. I don't want any gender stereotypes to be there. So that is my goal. Uh, Have a good following so I can do that. Uh, My second goal is uh, to have my own fashion label. I am a fashion student. I am going to Canada in the next two months to study fashion. Uh, And yeah, I want to do something great in fashion soon. That's one of my goals. And uh, um, I really want to... My goals are very limited to just fashion and makeup. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't want, I that my other goal is to really have like five dogs. <laughs> that's what I need. I need five dogs at least.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But my long-term goal, I do want to uh, uh, have a NGO of my own for dogs and animals in general. I love animals. So that's just something I don't talk about often because I don't want to stray from my uh, brand of, you know, helping gay kids. But yeah, somewhere in the future, I know pe- a lot of people don't know about it, but I love animals and I want to do a major, major amount of things for animals. So I want to be associated with PETA one, actually. Okay. That's also one of my goals. Yeah.
0: So uh, say, you know, uh, I'm just uh, going to be a little technical here because I think, uh, mm-hmm. say, say 2018, uh, the government took certain steps for your community and uh, you, know, you were recognized in India as that particular community. What are your takes mm-hmm. on that or what your vision is for the Indian LGBTQIA community? How would you want it to be?
1: Um, I don't want to sound negative, but I will say that it's not enough. That's, that's my opinion on the scrapping of 377 um i feel like it's not enough we need more we need we need you to legalize gay marriage we need you to get us trans rights and the day we become we start becoming okay with whatever we are getting from the government we are giving up you know we deserve equal rights as a heterosexual person if i am living in this country and if i fall in love with a man i should be able to marry that man i should be able to adopt and have kids and have a family of my own like heterosexual people get to transgender people should have all gender washrooms everywhere they go <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. Roxy, shut up. Okay. So they should have, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) all gender washrooms wherever they go. This is just one of the example. They should have equal job opportunities. Uh, Their gender should not be a factor whenever they're applying for a job, uh, going to the job market. So there are a lot of things that still need to be achieved in this country when it comes to the LGBTQI plus community. Uh, I'm thankful for the fact that uh, 377 was scrapped. But um, it's just not enough for me. I, I can only see very less positivity in it. The thing that I'm focusing on is for it to, you know, be legalized. Like, right now, you're just recognizing gay sex, right? That's just not enough, according to me. Like, if people are celebrating that, that's great. Celebrate it. It's a great thing for the community. But at the end of the day, you should not be happy about it. You should Satisfied. not adjust. Sh- this is not what we deserve. We deserve much more than this. And uh, to look at it as a stepping stone. Yes, it's a stepping stone. So I'm happy that it happened. And uh, it, gives, it definitely gives me hope that, you know, at some point, even a gay marriage would be legal. And then at some point, maybe we'll have trans rights also. You know, as we always say, trans rights equals to human rights. LGBTQ rights equals to human rights. So yeah, that's what my take is on that. And in the future, I don't think in the next 10 years, they're going to see any sort of progress. Uh, but <laughs> with the amount of activists we have in our country, uh, and the amount of people uh, you know how normalized it's becoming on a day to day basis i feel like in the next 20 to 30 years maybe uh, who knows something might great might happen it has to it depends on the government the government right now is really shut so i don't expect much out of them but when uh, up the 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 millennials today when they will be running the government that's when i actually accept expect some sort of change
0: let's not get there i think we'll go into a political division if we start discussing <laughs> You're so, you know, you mentioned that your long-term goal is to, uh, have an NGO for, uh, animals, not on, not only that, you also want mm-hmm. to help kids who are going through this in their tenure age. Would you say, mm-hmm. would you say that that's, if you both achieve, uh, if you achieve both of these objectives, you're successful, Or is there more that you would want, want to add to your definition of success?
1: Um, I think this is it for me. I mean, if I can do this uh, at the bare minimum, then I would call myself successful. But there are obviously more goals in my life. For my personal self, I have a lot of more goals um, to be successful, even more so than this much. But yeah, this is a minimum requirement for me to call myself successful. I want to bring these changes. So yeah,
0: a little more goals that you've just mentioned
1: who call you mm-hmm. successful um a little more goals is like i just have a lot of personal growth uh, that i want uh, to achieve know i want to work with some great names um in fashion i want to uh, also have my cosmetic line at one point i still don't know what uh, job i will be doing when i go to canada either it could be in cosmetics or fashion because i'm kind of juggling in between both of them but either way i want my own fashion line i want, want my own cosmetic line i want to run a business i come from a family which is run by businesses so yeah that's in my blood so i definitely want to have my own business uh, yeah. So I have a lot of personal goals like that. If I like start mentioning them, this call will go on probably till 4am or 5am. So okay.
0: I think that's how it should be. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people, I think mm-hmm. in our age, I'm also 24 only. So, you know, a lot of people okay. uh, don't know what they want to actually do and how they want to start off things. At least you we were very, very clear on that. You have a very, very strong vision yeah. as to how to take things forward. Yeah. That's it, I yeah. think. Sure. My
1: my main goal is to become a citizen of Canada in the next okay. 13 years. So you don't that want is, to settle. That is your... that is one of my goals. You don't want to settle. Here. No, I'm I'm I don't want to come back to India. I don't. <laughs> I you know a lot of people tell me. A lot of people say that you know you are your platform is so good. What you're doing is amazing. How are you planning to help India by living in Canada? I'm like. I could stay here, but it'll take my entire life to make, make things better. And I might not even see any progress before I die. You know, and I have personal goals and I deserve to live in a place where, you know, I can marry whosoever I want and have kids and have a life out there. So it is, uh, according to the process, luckily in the next 13 years, I will be able to apply for citizenship. And that's one of my biggest goals is to be a citizen of Canada. And yeah, that's, that is the biggest goal actually.
0: <laughs> so I think I, I, I don't have any more questions for you. Do you have any questions Sorry. you want to ask? you want to know? No, no, I'm good. Thank you. I think it was great. I think I had a lot of things to learn from you, you know, because uh, I have never interacted with someone who's into mm-hmm. this particular community and talking okay. to you, talking to, from someone, you know, who's been here, mm-hmm. who's experienced all of it. I think I had a great time.